Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Luke, chapter 8. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Job chapter 1, verse 6, Job said, The angels come before the Lord, and Satan also came with him. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 11, uh, chapter 2, verse 10 and 11, Paul said, Christians aren't ignorant of Satan's devices. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, Peter said, The devil is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And here in our text, Jesus is confronted with a real devil. And I see today in Christian circles, saints, listen to me close. I see today in Christian circles a preoccupation with Satan. You know, there are some people who almost find it enjoyable to hunt demons. And they see a demon behind every bush. And they see a demon in everything. The car breaks down. Oh, there ain't nobody but Satan. <laughs> Y'all know people like that too, don't you? You do. Or, or the microwave goes on a blink. They want to cast the devil out of the microwave. <laughs> Let's lay hands on the microwave. <laughs> Y'all know? They want to speak in tongues. Cast demons out. There's a demon behind every tree. Oh, look out for demons. Look out for Satan. You know, the children are acting crazy. Well, that really is a devil. We've been in. <laughs> Parents say, man, you know that's true. That's, that, that's kind of nuts. Now, don't get me wrong. Listen, I believe that demons can influence in the earthly realm, but de- look, Satan is not in everything, guys. We have Satan's in everything. Satan's not in everything. You know, and I've seen personally, on a personal note, I have seen people who were truly demon-possessed. And I will tell you this, if you ever see a person who is truly, or you encounter, experience a person who is truly demon-possessed, you will never want to see that again. I remember, I don't know, maybe I was two, three years in the ministry. I was green. I mean, I'm black, but I was green. Just wake y'all up. And uh, I had a very little ministry experience. And I remember one night I got a phone call about 11 o'clock. And this brother said, you know, Pastor Rodney, he says, I I don't know what to do. I believe my daughter's demon possessed. He says, "I, I need you to come over. He says, I got her tied up in her room. I mean, it was that bad. He says, I got her tied up in the room and I need you to come over. And and because she's demon possessed. And I said, and, and, he, and, and I didn't know what to do. I mean, I'm new in the ministry. And he's like, come, you got to come over now. He says, I said, um, you want me to come over like, like now? <laughs> like, like in 
right now? He was like, yeah, right now. I was like, like in leave now? And he said, yeah, I need you to come over now. I get over to their house and she truly is tied in her room, tied up. I didn't know what to do, but pray. Saints, I'll tell you something. When you don't know what to do, you do know to pray. And I prayed. I, I actually, actually, I'll be honest with you. I, I, was, I was so scared. I didn't know what to think. I'd never seen this before. I, got, I sat in a corner. The room was a 12 by 12, so it wasn't that big. And I sat in the corner on the floor, and I prayed. And every obscenity you could think of, every evil thing you can think of, voices, various voices, just evil, spitting at me, uh, 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 all, every, uh, too evil to even tell you about. And they took her to Dorothea Dix. I didn't know what to do. The police came, the ambulance came, they took her to Dorothea Dix. I went back to visit her about two days later. And I, me and Avira, we prayed, we prayed, we prayed for two days. I went back two days later and visited with her. And she was in her right mind enough to listen to me preach the gospel to her. I preached the gospel to her. She received Jesus as her Lord and Savior. And two days after that, she was discharged from, from Dorothea Dix. You need to clap your hands. Isn't that the Lord? Isn't that the Lord? She was set free. God set her free. And then she went on to become a missionary. You need to clap your hands again. I think that's awesome. And then she went on to get married. And God has been blessing that girl's life ever since. I've I've been in many different situations, even in the church, where people have been demon-possessed. We've stayed up. we prayed. All kinds of things. I can tell you this. I just want to tell you this. If you've ever been in that situation, you will not be demon hunting. You will not find it an enjoyable experience. There's something very, very, very evil about the whole situation. And I see people who are going to chase demons. I don't know if you've ever been to Dorothea Dix or you've ever been to a psych ward, have you? But if you ever have been, you go behind those doors and they lock those doors. I don't know about you, but if you're a Christian, you have a discerning spirit, you feel something very, very evil walking down that hallway. I've done it many times. There's something much more going on than mental illness. There's something very spiritual and supernatural going on. It's a very eerie experience. And so we don't want to underestimate the devil, but we don't want to overestimate him either. Notice we got to move forward in verse 29. So this man, are you looking at verse 29? So this man has been removed from his family, his friends, and he's driven into the wilderness. And one day he sees Jesus. And Mark tells us in Mark chapter five, when he saw Jesus, the very first thing he does, Mark tells us, is he worshiped him. Isn't that interesting? Why? Because the lesser will always worship the greater. He worshiped him. And then he cried out with a loud voice and he said, what have I to do with you, son of the most high God? I beg you, do not torment me. Isn't this interesting, saints? Give me your attention. Demons are not atheists. (laughs) Did you know that? Demons are not atheists. They believe in God. Their theology 
is good. Theology, the study of God, their knowledge of God. Their theology is good. They're just in rebellion. James says, you believe in God, great. Even the demons believe, and they do what? They tremble or they fear. And I'm sure the disciples, and keep in mind, keep the story, they just got out of the boat. They're on the beach, standing there, having this confrontation with this demon-possessed man. The disciples are standing there, and I am sure their hair is crawling on the back of their neck. They're probably, their jaws are dropped. They're probably, they're standing there soaking wet, drenched. They just came out of a storm. They're soaking wet. They're standing there. Their jaws are, are hanging down. They're shocked. They're scared. They don't know what to think. Now, we've all seen people confronting demons and asking what their name is. And actually, believe it or not, there are whole ministries that are devoted to casting out demons. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And they confront demons and they, you know, want to ask the demon, what is their name? I think of this guy about, I was out in Southern California living there for so many years. And this guy named Bob Larson, perhaps that name sounds familiar. He, he had his whole ministry was, was built on uh, casting out demons and talking to demons and casting them out and identifying demons by name. Listen, the Bible says that Satan is a liar. Are you listening? Satan is a liar and a murderer from the beginning. So if Satan is a liar, then why would you ask him anything? He's just going to lie to you. Why would you ask him anything? He's just going to lie. So people who get into identifying demons will also say that there are all kinds of demons. And they say there's a demon of lust and there's a demon of homosexuality and there's a demon of drunkenness and there's a demon of fighting and there's a demon of chocolate. Some of y'all saying, I got that demon. And there's a demon of food. And as a matter of fact, listen, the Bible, listen, does not call Lust, homosexuality, drunkenness, fighting. The Bible does not call that demon possession. The Bible calls that a work of your flesh. Galatians chapter 5, you might want to look that up in your own time, but those are works of the flesh. That's not demon possession. And sometimes I think in the church, we want to call things demon possession because we don't want to deal with that sin, so we call it demon possession because now we're possessing and I just can't do it. Almost like Flip Wilson, the devil made me do it, honey. I can't help myself. Listen, if you're a Christian, you can't help yourself because the spirit of God is living within you. And by the way, a Christian cannot be possessed by a demon. Can the church say amen? The Christian cannot be, listen, light and darkness cannot dwell in the same location. Hmm. You come into this room and it's dark. You flip on the light switch and the darkness goes away. Light and darkness cannot coexist. Neither can Jesus and Satan coexist in the same body. Now, Christians can be oppressed by the devil. Christians can be depressed by the devil, but Christians cannot be possessed by the devil because your temple is the temple of the living God. You have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. And because you have the Spirit of God living inside of you, then you have control over those areas of the flesh. Lust. If lust was a demon, then every single man in this room would be demon possessed. 
No need to say amen, fellas. <laughs> if, if anger was a spirit, the demon of anger, well, then all of us would be guilty of anger, especially on Friday on the 440 in traffic. Man, you see people, you want to see the flesh monsters come out. Man, you get in that 440 traffic, people cutting you off and carrying on. I've seen Christians go from loving Jesus to six heads. (laughs) Ah! So these things are not demon possession. These are a work of the flesh. Let's move forward. Look at verse 30. Jesus asked him, what is your name? And he said his name was what? Legion, because many devils entered this man. Legion. And that means 6,000. Actually, many Bible scholars believe it was exactly 6,836. So it's safe to say that this man had at least 6,000 demons on board. Look at verse 32. The demons begged Jesus to permit them to enter the herd of pigs. And Jesus, what did he do? He permitted them. So my question to you is, who's in charge? Jesus. Well, then the demons went out of the man into the swine. And Mark chapter 5 tells us that there were 2,000 pigs. These demons went into 2,000 pigs and they ran violently down a steep place into the lake and they were choked, which here we have the first mention of suicide. I got one more. It's also the first mention of deviled ham. So the demons... So the demons, they beg Jesus not to torment them. Now write this down in your margins right next to verse 32. Matthew chapter 8, verse 34, it says they beg Jesus not to send them to the abyss. Now here's what we know about the abyss. The abyss in the Bible is also called the bottomless pit. In Revelation chapter 9, write that down, look it up in your own time, chapter 9, verses 1 through 11, we know that there are demons currently being held in the abyss, in the bottomless pit, and they will be there until the tribulation begins, at which time they will be released to torment mankind. We also know, according to Revelation chapter 11, verse 7, and chapter 17, verse 8, Revelation 11, 7 and 17, verse 8, that the Antichrist in some sense comes from this place. Maybe he's possessed by the demon from the abyss. We know that this is the place where Satan will be imprisoned temporarily during the thousand-year reign of Christ and during, during Jesus' rule on the earth. We know that from Revelation 20, verses 1 through 3. So, Satan knows he has an end, and listen, and he knows that he can't do anything about it. You know, the Bible tells us that the Antichrist, his number is going to be 666. Do you realize that he cannot change that number? He can't change it to 674. He can't change it to 572. He can't change it to 919. His number will be 666. And the reason he can't change it 
is because the Bible says that heaven and earth will pass away, but my word shall never pass. God's word will come to fruition. God's word will never be changed. And did you get this? Did you get this? The demons from our story, did you get this? The demons would rather be in the pig than go into the abyss, which tells us a little bit about what hell is like. It's interesting that, interesting that demons don't want to go where a lot of people think ain't real. People will tell you, they'll say, oh, I don't believe in hell. Oh, I just don't believe in hell. It's like, so? Just because you don't believe in hell does not make it one degree cooler. Somebody say amen. Goodness gracious. Well, I just don't believe in hell. I don't believe in heaven. So what? It doesn't change anything because you don't believe it. Some people act like God fell off the throne because they decided they don't believe it. It doesn't make it any less hot. The pigs, the demons don't want to go where a lot of people think ain't real. And the pigs understand, watch this, that death looks better than being under the influence of of the devil, which makes the pigs smarter than people. Look at verse 34 in your Bibles. When the men who fed the pigs saw what happened, they ran and they told everyone in the city and the country. And when they came to Jesus and they found the man who had the demons sitting at Jesus' feet, clothed in his right mind. Isn't that beautiful? You know, this tells us that Jesus can calm a tormented soul as easy as he can calm a storm. I have written in my Bible here. I have wrote it in my Bible. It says, no better description of a person in their right mind than sitting at the feet of Jesus. Isn't that true? No better description of a person in their right mind than sitting at the feet of Jesus. No better description of a Christian in their right mind than sitting at the feet of Jesus and worshiping Jesus. Because that's what you were called to do. That's what you were created to do, is to worship Jesus. He's sitting in his right mind. Well, then that tells us, listen, you're going to love this, that God wants you sane. Satan wants you insane. God wants you sane. The Bible, listen, has a lot to say about sanity and being sober, sane in your thinking. The Bible says that we should think soberly of ourselves and not think too highly of ourselves. It's in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. God had not given us a spirit of fear. Do you know it? But of what? Power, love, and a sound mind. That's sanity. God wants you sane. And I honestly think that people who go insane largely are under, either they are possessed by demons if they're not a Christian, or they are definitely under the oppression of the devil. Doesn't it seem like life, when, when things happen, everything comes at you at one time? Have you ever been in that place? And if you haven't, keep living, it'll come. But everything comes at you one time, and all of a sudden, you start feeling confused. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody? Anybody? Ten people? Maybe more. Everything's coming at you one time, and you start feeling confused. And if you don't take that 
feeling of confusion and get your body at the feet of Jesus, that thing will drive you insane. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Sometimes you got to fight for your sanity. It's the truth because the battle is for the mind. That's why the Bible has so much to say about what you think. Think on these things. Meditate on the word. Delight yourself in the word of God. The Bible has so much to say about the mind because the battle is for the mind. Satan wants you to be insane. And God wants you to be sane. Now notice from the text, when everyone saw what had happened, they asked Jesus to leave. And they see this man delivered. I find this is, a, this is perplexing to me. They see this man delivered, wearing clothes, and you would think that they would rejoice, but instead they get angry. Why? Because they see 2,000 dead pigs floating in the sea, and they were in the bacon and pork chop business. They were in the pig business. And Jesus, listen, was messing with their money. And when Jesus starts messing with folks' money, Jesus has got to leave. Hmm. Nobody here. But I know people in business where, you know what, they, they're Christians and they say they're Christians and so on and so forth. When they start doing this and they start doing that, and maybe if they start living right and doing what God has them want them to do and following God's way in terms of their business practice, and they start losing a little bit of money, I have seen it happen. Jesus has to leave because they got to make money. Whenever Jesus starts affecting someone's pocket, now you got a choice to make. So they asked Jesus to leave because they were interested in pigs more than people, money over mercy. And Jesus is more concerned with people than pigs. And so they asked Jesus to leave and he got in the boat and he left. And the man asked Jesus if he could come. Did you notice the demon-possessed man? Look at verse 39, 38, 39. The demon-possessed man asked Jesus if he could come with Jesus. And Jesus said, no, go home. Tell your family what great things God has done. And he went about preaching the great things that Jesus has done. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down quickly. We see three prayers in this scene. Number one, we have the demon beg Jesus, don't send us into the abyss. Let us go into the pigs. And did you notice Jesus' answer? He answered the request and said, yes. And then secondly, the people of the town asked, please leave us alone and leave our town. And Jesus answered them, okay. And he got in the boat and he left. But the demon possessed, or should I say the formerly demon possessed man asked if he could follow Jesus. And Jesus said, no. I find that interesting. The first two, yes. The last guy who says, I want to follow you, Jesus, Jesus says, no. Jesus says, go home, tell your family and your friends the great things that I have done. The Bible tells us, listen, that Satan is a thief and a robber. And the ultimate purpose, his ultimate purpose is to kill, to rob, and to destroy. John 10, 10. That's a memory verse. Satan has come to kill to steal and to destroy, John 10, 10. And because of Satan, Satan's power in this man's life, he lost everything. He lost his home. He lost his fellowship with his friends and his family. 
He lost his decency as he ran around naked. He lost his self-control as he lived like a wild animal screaming and cutting himself and scaring all the people. He lost his peace and he lost his purpose for living. And this is exactly what Satan seeks to do with men today. And with you and with me, he wants to leave you naked. He wants to leave you bound, tormented, and on the run, just like he did this man here. Jesus, can I follow you? Jesus says, no, I want you to go and tell your family and your friends. Mark chapter 5 adds in there, um, go tell your family and friends. He says, go tell them the great things that God has done. Don't you know that's why God still has us on this earth? Because he wants you to tell your family and your friends the great things that God has done. The holiday season's coming up. Thanksgiving's coming up. You're going to have all your family around. I say tell them when they come over for Thanksgiving, especially if you have, have Thanksgiving at your house, then you have a captive audience. They, they won't leave before they eat the turkey. So just amen. They, they, they came to get something to eat. They didn't come to see you. You know that's right. And you tell them the great things that God has done. Take the opportunity to tell them because that's why God has left us here. Because he wants us to be a witness. He told the disciples to go into all the world and share the gospel, preach and teach the kingdom of God. God wants us to go and be a witness and to tell people of the great and awesome things that God has done. It was no more difficult for Jesus to calm a storm than to calm a tormented soul. God can do that for you. Or maybe you're here today and you're thinking, Pastor Rodney, my soul is pretty tormented. Jesus can calm that as well. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light. Let me be a salt.